Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. You don't understand. This is a liar. How can you think that I'm her dad, but we both look exactly the same age? We do not look the same age. I was being kind. Wait, I'm going to hypnotize him. I hereby christen this mutton Barbie camper. Priscilla, queen of the desert. Hello and welcome to this episode of Pop Goes the Tam Tam. In this episode we will be continuing the series one review of BBC Ghosts and the second episode, Gorilla War. Before I introduce my very special guest, I thought I would give a brief synopsis on this episode. Yes, I've remembered to do that. (laughs) Anyone listening who remembers when I did the Our Flag Means Death recap will know that it took me at least three episodes to remember to do the synopsis. So I'm getting better. (laughs) The synopsis is as follows. Mike tries to convince Alison that her seeing and hearing the ghosts is an after-effect of her coma. The ghosts embark on a war of attrition to try and force the couple out. With the ghosts becoming more intense, Alison visits the doctor, who proves that she really can both see and hear them, being a ghost himself. I mean, that's given a little bit away of my favourite bit of the episode, but anyway, synopsises are what they are. (laughs) So, now I will introduce my very special guest for this episode and she is gesturing towards the microphone asking for it to be lifted towards her as we speak yes that's right it's me Tamsin's mum she's back everybody (laughs) hooray how have you been very well and you fine (laughs) although I am sad about Ascending. I am. We're two episodes in now and I'm still in denial. I know. It's not just a river in Egypt, it's actually a state of mind. It is. <laughs> God sadness. I'm going to be so depressed when the series eventually ends. But anyway, we're living in denial. Let's get on with it. Let's get back into series one. Let's relive the past. <laughs> the thing I really liked about the start of this episode was the way it leaned so heavily into the horror traditions that we've come to expect with a traditional ghost story. So we saw Alison's breath as she slowly realised that she wasn't alone. And then she started to pull back the curtain. And then it was just the pigeon. But no, Robin appeared out of nowhere. I absolutely loved the way they leaned fully in to that horror aspect and it was actually quite scary because you felt her attention absolutely it is it's there are lots of scary bits in those first few scenes though and i think that the pigeon coming out of a shower curtain is is a jump scare i would also say that this episode more than any of the others from any of the other series is actually does lean very much into that haunted house this is scary element. There's lots of really scary elements in this. Yeah, definitely. And you can do it with this one because she's not aware that she can see ghosts. No. So it's absolutely terrifying for her. It really is. Yeah. It's that whole, I can see it, but nobody else can. And that's really frightening. Yeah, because she's convinced she's gone crazy. 
Yeah, and no one can help her. And I think it leans into an older dramatic tradition. I've been reading Divine Might by Natalie Haynes, which looks at goddesses in ancient Greek history. And one of the chapters is about the Furies and how they will pursue you and you're the only person who can see them and they sing this discordant song that slowly drives you insane. Get out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And this, I mean, you kind of understand. This is what Alison is experiencing. And it is really terrifying yeah. because there's no one she can share this experience with. It's also interesting the way the ghosts find this disconcerting as well. That they aren't sure if this is actually happening. Mm. And there's at one point the captain says to Robin, you've been here the longest. Have you ever seen this before? Yeah. And he goes into retelling the story of a bear. Yeah, so let's get into that bear story because we kind of worked out what it was. So it was that Robin was a ghost. He came across a bear. The bear tried to kill him, but because he was a ghost, he just went, boo. Mm. And then <laughs> that was my Robin voice, by the way. <laughs> But we know later on that animals and babies can see ghosts. Yeah. So that makes sense. Mm. But apparently this is the first, th- this is quite a rare thing to have happened. None of them have experienced it before at all, have they? No. Although I would say when we meet the neighbour, he says that there's a creature, like a human-like creature that mm. roams around the, the land mm. That's Robin. So how do they know that that's Robin? Someone else must have seen Robin once. Yeah. And Lady Button falling out of the window. That's yeah. A, that's a rumour as well. Well, no, it? but we know she appears in photographs. That's true. We're jumping ahead of ourselves here. <laughs> I felt really sorry for Alison. And although it's played for laughs, you can totally see why it would be really terrifying. Mm. And there's nowhere she can go to escape them no she's constantly pursued like the furies they will not leave her alone no night or day yeah exactly especially when in the bedtime i was just like oh you poor thing get out 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 so the a storyline of this episode was really alison coming to terms with the fact that she can see ghosts but we had a number of what side plots side quests And I thought we could just go through them. Okay. So the first one is obviously Daddy Mike's attempt at DIY. Okay. (laughs) Which almost explodes Button House. Red lever. (laughs) Red lever. What I want to ask is, why was he drilling a hole in Lady Button's wall? Initially, I thought perhaps he was drilling holes to thread the aerial cable through to go out to the, the aerial on the roof. But then I thought, no, that wouldn't work. But then afterwards, I thought, well, that was Mike. So <laughs> I'm also nodding as if I know what you're talking about, but I have absolutely no clue. Because <laughs> <laughs> growing up, all the DIY in the house was always done by you. Exactly. And I would just watch yeah. and pass you something. You didn't watch and learn, though, did you? Well, no. <laughs> talking about Mike and the hole in the wall nicely leads us on to Lazy Button. And her hole in the wall. I know. Oh, <laughs> and dear. Her I pro- won't let you have my canoe. 
horror that now Kitty is right there. <laughs> What's your favourite morning song? My favourite song is... <laughs> oh dear. She's so mean. Lady Button is so mean to Kitty. She actually calls her a half-wit. But Lady Button is mean. And actually, this is my one complaint of the whole of Ghosts as a series. Okay. Is that we get a lot of growth from most of the characters. But Lady Button doesn't really grow throughout the whole of the show. She kind of stays relatively... She's not as bad as when we first met her. For instance, we have the same-sex wedding where she kind of changes her views and realises if she had been able to choose a husband for herself, her life would have been a lot happier. Mm. We get that whole episode where we find out her name's really Stephanie, which... I don't know whether that's canon because I'm like, that episode never felt right to me. But maybe that's just me. But I think the bigger thing is if we take that episode and young Stephanie wanted so much from her life. She wanted to be able to help her dad with the accounts. She wanted to be able to forge her own future. And what's happened to Lady Button is all of her frustration has turned inward Mm. and she's become a very nasty person as a result Mm. because her frustration has had nowhere to go. So she's just been eaten up by disappointment yeah and also this whole what why couldn't I do it if they can do it I could do it but I couldn't do it so I'm not gonna let them do it either Mm. there's that sort of generational angst that comes from I couldn't do it it's not fair that you can now in that episode the one where it's revealed she's called Stephanie it comes across that she's a very capable yeah intelligent woman and we see that throughout the show actually yeah there are many episodes where she demonstrates this and she also demonstrates that she has the capacity for great love towards the people that are around her like when she steps in and finishes the line in the sorry song Mm. because kitty couldn't do it yeah well even in this episode she says to to alison when alison has sorted everything out Mm. well perhaps there is button in you after all yeah it's there it's there but i would say it's not there enough if you Mm. compare it to the captain who goes on this complete journey absolutely i think fanny could have had a similar journey i mean if you compare it to to the captain if you compare it to julian they've gone on these emotional journeys she could have done a similar thing but they don't do it with her and i just think it's a bit of a missed opportunity yeah it's a shame yeah and i think there's a reason why when fans put together top 10 lists fanny's towards the bottom i mean sometimes she's even below humphrey who i would say is is a guest character in this yeah He doesn't appear very much at all, does he? No. And that's no hate towards Martha, who plays the role, because I think she's amazing. And I think the the writing's really good, but I just don't think they've ever fully leaned into her character the way they could have, if that makes sense. Because I think she's seen as a very funny character because of the way she is. And they didn't probably think that it needed to be taken on a journey. And I think she's a stand-in for boomers. I know you're a boomer. I am. But you're a different sort of boomer. We've we've established <laughs> this. <laughs> you're a good boomer. <laughs> but she kind of stands in for 
that whole judgmental yeah i can do it better you're You're not not doing doing it correctly yeah she's also an example of what can happen if you let your frustration your negativity take over if that becomes the voice you always hear that got quite deep there (laughs) i don't know how that happened Moving from Fanny to the captain, the captain, he decides that the new attack is going to be driving Alison and Mike out of the house directly. So they go on this... Relentless frontal attack. Yes, but I have to say, did you notice that not everybody is involved in this? Yeah. So Kitty isn't involved in this really at all. And when he said, we want them out of the house at the end some of them agreed but kitty and thomas didn't didn't. yeah so already they're happy with alison as she is yeah and pat joins in with the captain but really he just wants to show alison around the house he just wants to give her a guided (laughs) but i thought it was really interesting the ghosts that are so committed to getting her out are the captain and mary Mm. And this is one of the only times we actually see the Captain and Mary united on anything. Yeah, absolutely. Because Mary usually views the Captain as being quite a stick in the mud. Yeah, yeah but they're she totally... She's a twerk. Really. She does, she does. And many other rude words that she could come up with. <laughs> but they're totally united in getting rid of her. And I just think it's really interesting. We also have Thomas with his wild declarations of love, which are just so over the top (laughs) and just gross (laughs) they're actually quite i mean they're frightening his intensity exactly (laughs) kill yourself be with me (laughs) so so creepy yeah he doesn't even know her they haven't had a conversation he doesn't know anything about her and he's like kill yourself and and be with me (laughs) why actually he finds out she's a byron fan Oh, I love it when they're in the car and he pops out of the back seat and he, after she said, Mike, I could kill you. And he goes, yes, maybe you should, but not here. here. (laughs) And then obviously the second largest motivation is Julian trying to find out what his legacy is and proving what his legacy is. And once he finds out that it's just the fact that he was that kinky MP that was killed in a sex romp, He's horrified and he wants Goggle to change it. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great because we find out, I think, a lot about Julian in yeah, this. Yeah. My favourite bits of his performance are when he tries to slam the door and he goes, imagine that slammed. And then the other thing is when he's coming round the corner after he slammed the door and he kind of like creeps around and then halfway through he's yeah. like, I'm dead. Yeah. What about that? But it's just... It's, nice touch. It is Very really, nice really touch. nice. Yeah. Do you think... It's funny. I, I, I always think it's a bit odd. That Mike, Mike's not as freaked out as I thought he would be. Yeah, but I think it'd be quite tiring if Mike was freaked out and, like, maybe didn't believe her. Because there's been lots of shows where the, the central premise is we are witches or like for instance Mm. sabrina the teenage witch which was something i was into when i was growing up Mm. she could never let harvey kinkle know she was a witch and it got just repetitive after a while yeah 
Well, and I think this could have fallen into that repetitiveness if they had decided to keep Mike completely clueless and a non-believer. It would just have ended up being hijinks of the week while she tries to explain to him. And yeah, it's... Good point. Too repetitive. Yes, but he's just resigned to it. Exactly. And I also think it shows the depth of love that Mike has for Alison, that he trusts and believes her. Absolutely so. In the beginning, he doesn't, because as you normally would think, she's had this huge concussion. She was in that coma for such a long time. She probably is seeing these things that aren't real. But when they get out of the car, he's like, you are starting to freak me out. Yeah. But he does slowly start to believe her. And then obviously the final thing is when he sees the typing on the computer. And then the boiler. And then after that, he completely believes her and he's on board with it and believes that their house is haunted. Yeah. Because he often goes, is is it them? (laughs) Exactly. And one of your favourite bits is when when Mike's talking to the ghosts as the, the stories go on. He looks up into the air. Oh, I love the way Mike looks up. And they even make, they're like, we're not, why does Mike always look up when he's talking to us? It's so cool. I love it. Mike is such an underrated character because he is so amazing. He's Mm. the glue that holds it really all together because I just think that. (laughs) Also, how hard must it have been for for that actor? Yeah. to, To do that? Yeah. It was really, it must have been so hard yeah, not to acknowledge any of the things that were going on around you. And I also have to say, bringing up the spectre of the US ghosts, no point, no, no fun intended there, because there's oh. no fun over there. No. <laughs> you can see the difference between mm. Mike and Jay yeah. and the difference in the performances. Mike's is seamless. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Seamless. Yeah. yeah. You never for a minute think he's got a clue about who's there and saying what and whatever. And I'm going to say this again. I'm really hoping that we just get a Mike-centric episode where we see what it's like from Mike's perspective when he just walks through this the, the rooms and his wife is just in depth conversation with various ghosts or dancing around with Kitty and she's just on her own. And I would love to see that. I don't, from reading the synopsises of the new series, I don't think we're going to get it, but I wish we could have got it. It would be, yeah, a great episode. <laughs> so that's really the motivations for the ghosts. And I like how slowly they begin to interact with Alison more and more because it's things that they need. So, for instance, we have Fanny needs the the wall to be dealt with. And the captain, he goes from telling Alison off to then slowly he gets seduced into super weapons and Nazis and (laughs) tanks. The war. war. (laughs) And I love how there's that slow dip down of his eyes And then he's like, totally engrossed. It's Christmas. It's Christmas morning. (laughs) And I think it's so... Everything's been forgotten. Everything has been forgotten. Thomas just wants Alison to kill herself and live with him. 
<laughs> and then Julian becomes obsessed with getting the latest edition of Google to change the fact that he is a perv. Yeah. <laughs> say hello yeah (laughs) the way we get the transition between their desire for one thing which becomes their need for Alison to do something else for them Mm. and it's just seamless it's really yeah it's perfect and that leads me on to the way that a lot of comedies put everything into the pilot and then the second episode is often quite dull if we're being honest it's a bit slack in terms of tension or humor or anything like that this episode is just i would say this episode is actually stronger than the first episode it surpasses it yeah it starts running and it never stops running no we're just full pelt we're there yeah and I'm going to go out and limb and say, this is one of my favourite episodes of this series, of series one. Yeah, it's a really super episode. Yeah. It's so enjoyable all the way through. Leaving Buttonhouse behind, okay. we actually get the opportunity to meet some other ghosts when Alison goes to the hospital. Yes. Which I love those. I love, I love, I love the interaction of Alison with other ghosts outside. It's, it's just, it's not too much. Yeah. It's just enough. And it's, it makes it also, uh, makes the whole, Alison's whole situation. You never forget that it's not just the house. She can see ghosts everywhere. Exactly, yeah. And I just really love the doctor and his yeah. delivery when he goes, mm, when she sa- <laughs> when she says, well, I can't see them now. And he's like, mm. and I just love how he knows that she can see ghosts because she can see him yeah. and he literally says that well you can see me and i'm dead and then the real doctor not the real doctor the alive doctor comes in she's very good yeah Perfect. <laughs> and he just goes back and starts <laughs> he goes back and stands in the filing cabinet yeah. with his head poking out it's just it's really funny and i also love when Alison screams, the doctor's dead, and Mike just runs towards yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, like you say, I think it shows you don't, and we're going back over to the US ghost now, and I don't want it to feel like I take too many pot shots at them, because they're, they're easy targets to do that to. But the thing is, that shows what happens when there are too many ghosts. When it becomes ghost of the week. Mm. Whereas this, every now and then, we, Alison sees the ghost, she interacts with a ghost that isn't one of the ones for Button House. And it's rare and it's usually really funny. Yeah. The Cavalier. The Cavalier, yeah. Or or was he a a roundhead? I can't remember that. Let's say the Civil War soldier. (laughs) But it was, yeah, it's really like you say it's really refreshing and it reminds you this isn't just something that's linked to button house this is she can just do this this is a thing um which then leads you to think they are desperate for money alison can do this thing why don't they make money off of this but i know that would be morally wrong so you know well if she was doing it in a way that was truthful and helpful would that be wrong yeah but then you've got that element 
people might become obsessed with her and they have dabbled in the occult before in Button House and it didn't end well no it didn't end particularly well did it so (laughs) but anyway yeah so we both really loved when they went into the wider world and I have to say that Victorian nanny with her exorcist head movement (laughs) yeah that was really freaky yeah it was and I loved how Alison just waved at her, yeah. like, hi. <laughs> the expression as well. Yes. Yeah, the expression was like, well, what was that? It was very menacing, but it, it might was. have been like, confu- like, hello? Hello. <laughs> I think it's a very good episode on another level, and that is we get a really good insight into the different types of ghosts. The, 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 the periods they came from, and also, more importantly, we get a real idea of what they're like. Mm. And I think that's, uh, I think it's great. Well, they're so in character. Even when they run up the drive, they yeah. run up the driving character. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. The, the pilot gave it to us. They gave us the archetypes that they are. But this episode really, really puts a cap on each of them and yeah. says, this is who they are. And this is what they're like. And it's, really interesting yeah when, they are, when she asks them when she comes from this Alison, when she comes up from the hospital what do you want from me mm. and they all say and that's just yeah there that's it the line's drawn underneath this is them yeah because we get we get for instance pat just wants to say hello yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my pat voice <laughs> <laughs> and we get kitty saying oh we're we're the same height yeah and I like Mary when she goes, renounce Satan. And <laughs> Alison goes, okay. And she goes, yeah, yeah, I think that's that'll it. do it. <laughs> yeah, so and then obviously the captain saying, I would like one hour a week of super tanks and anything on super weapons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've come to the end of this episode discussion and There are two things we always do at the end. Well, that we did in the last episode that we're going to carry through to this one. The first one is, what would you give this out of 10 as an episode? 10. Why? Why? Because for any new listeners, Tamsin's mum doesn't often (laughs) give 10s to anything. (laughs) And the other thing that we're giving points to is Alison's amazing range of jumpers. Yeah. And I think she wore two in this one. She wore the... Burnt orange one. Yeah, and she wore... the puff sleeves. Yes. And then she wore the mustard jumper. I have to say, I have got things in my wardrobe very similar. So I would give both a nine from me. Eight and a half. Okay, fashion police. (laughs) (laughs) So it only remains for me to say, please leave the property. (laughs) Get out. Get out. Get out. Get out. 